1: And our affiliate members, such as lenders, who I'm going to introduce here in just a minute. But the reason we do this is we want to provide our listeners with some really good information so you get some really good facts to make really good decisions. And um, so to help me with that today, we have Caleb Parmenter of Big Valley Mortgage, um, sales manager, but a producing loan officer there too. That's correct. And your general manager is here, so he makes sure that you're producing also. <laughs> that is also correct. <laughs> and that is Tranky Tiscareno of Big Valley Mortgage, the Fresno branch manager. Good morning, guys. Good morning. morning.
2: Tranky, how long have you been in the business? Oh, about 20 years. 20 years doing loans, helping folks get into homes. Mm-hmm. It's been an exciting, exciting ride. You know, We've had some highs and some lows, but it's an exciting ride. It, uh, that's a good way to put it. <laughs>
1: there are highs and lows in this business. That's for sure. Spe- I mean, I'm going to say homeowners have a more level ride. Now, some of those that say, oh, my gosh, my house was worth this much in 2005 and worth this in
2: 2008. That was a wild ride.
1: But I tell you, working the business is a wild ride.
2: <laughs> for sure. That's the fun that, That's that's the part that gets a little uh, wild or, or, or ups and downs. Yeah.
1: But you don't hear about anybody getting out of the business because it was boring. No,
2: no, <laughs> no, no not, not at all.
0: Caleb, how long have you been in the business? I started in 2005, so there was a, a little time that I wasn't in the business after the um, original crash, 2007-2008, but uh, got back in the business in on the retail side in 2012, so about 10 years in total, over 15-year mm-hmm. span.
1: All right, good enough. So that's enough time to really – to have done a, experienced a lot be, because there's been highs and lows even in that time.
0: I think we've seen it all. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: well, and next week we're going to have Ken Newfeld on and he, uh, what I like <laughs> about Ken, he started back in the eighties. Okay. He'll let you know, you got to tune in Caleb because you'll find out you haven't seen it all.
0: Uh, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> all right. Anyway, what What's the general state of lending right now? I mean, is it easy to get a loan, hard to get a loan? Did they tighten too too much or too little?
2: Well, in the last couple of years, we've seen it um, a, lot, a, a lot more of the loosening up of the guidelines. We had got really tight um, probably back in about 2010 to, to 2015. It got really tight. But the last three or four years, they've allowed us to have um, – more customers qualify, so it's, it's been nice. We've, we've got more folks that maybe wouldn't have qualified that are now getting into homes. What, what are some of the things that loosened up? Um, lower credit score that they allowed, mm-hmm. maybe a higher debt ratio that they've allowed, allowing us to maybe exclude some payments paid by a family member that they've allowed, things like that.
1: Okay, and what, I think what you mean by that third thing, payments made by a family member, Correct. if um, maybe you're, you co-signed on a loan for your son, for a car yes but he actually makes the
2: payments exactly it, that's what you're talking about that's what we're referring to yes yes so uh, they made it a little easier to exclude that payment from that family member that wants to buy a house now when they co-sign for their son's car uh, there's there's ways that we can exclude that car payment as long as the son's making the payment that, that was really hard to exclude a few years back but now they made it a little easier
1: yeah no I remember that because there was, it's like before it was if you signed on that loan even if you're not a, a co-signer a guarant- co-guarantor yeah. you are still 100% responsible correct yeah and then there's the one the the, the bad one that comes up where there's a divorce and the sp- both names are still on the loan but some one spouse is, or ex-spouse has made the payments for 24 months uh, that used to be too bad you signed on the loan but that's a little easier now
2: yeah, it is
0: yeah especially and um, basically you know 12 months bank statements showing that somebody else has been making those payments are some that usually solves the problem
1: 12 months bank statements now remember when you got in the business Caleb uh, no no documentation needed right no doc <laughs> yeah so that was maybe too lenient too lenient, yes, absolutely. I remember I was refinancing a loan back in 2004, and the, the loan officer just kept insisting, You don't need to give us documentation. Um, you, you know, we, we can do the no doc loan. I said, yeah, I know, but I don't like the no doc loan because it's an adjustable rate mortgage. Mm. And she goes, Well, my manager said we could cut the uh, fee in half if you do that. It's like, why were they pushing so hard to do the no-doc loan? And I don't think it was the no-doc loan. I think they were pushing hard for the adjustable.
2: The, the adjustable, for, for some banks, the adjustable is a good program because they can really adjust as the market changes. Mm-hmm. So they can be low when the market's low and then go up when the market's up. For the consumer, and especially in the Central Valley, we tend to want to go fixed. Fix is the, is the predominant program that we sell here in the Central Valley. Mm-hmm. Though it's interesting because when I'm doing loans that are people out of the Bay Area, they're a lot more comfortable with those adjustables. Why do you think that is? They, ha- they have those higher loan amounts, and then adjustable, and maybe you can start at a lower rate, allowing them to qualify for a little more or have a lower payment. Mm-hmm. So overall, when I have relatives or friends that I refer to for anywhere from the North, really the Bay Area in general, Um, they start asking me about adjustable programs. I'm starting with fixed, and they counter with, well, how about your adjustable rates? And I'm shocked because all my Central Valley folks always want to confirm that it's a fixed rate. The conservative heart of California.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're going to play it safe. We know what our payment is. I remember one guy, uh, everybody was jumping on the train about, oh, uh, not everybody, a lot of people were jumping on the train about, uh, oh, my bank, you know, misled me and uh, and the bank should for, forgive my loan. And this one guy was telling me that and I said, well, what did they do wrong? He goes, well, I didn't realize this and this and this. I said, but you have a fixed rate payment. What part of $1,360 a month did you not get? <laughs> so, uh, and, and which also means it was a fixed rate. Hmm fixed payment. So there you go. What When is an adjustable the right loan for that person?
0: I would just say on the, um, when it would be on the timing that they're going to be in that property. So if somebody knows that they might not be in the property for 30 years or 20 years, or they're not looking at, you know, this particular house to be their forever house, um, there are some points where, you know, an adjustable may may be a good choice for them because you can, you know, adjust adjustable for three years or five years or seven years. So if you have a, maybe a contract, you came from a different area and that you're going to work in this area for seven years, maybe that's a good choice for you. Mm-hmm.
1: Of course you have to make sure it's got the, that adjustable has the right terms where it won't adjust beyond your means. Correct. Um, it, and that's the thing about an adjustable is that it's, there's different features of it. Uh, some of them are freely adjustable. Uh, you know, or or maybe they have a three percent cap per year, uh, but no end cap. There, there, so you really have to understand what you're doing.
2: Yeah, there's like there's th- there's a couple aspects of adjustables you have to look at mm-hmm. what your star rate is, what the margin, and what the index. and then it has like your periodic caps and then your end cap. But really, I don't think most of my customers here in the Valley are even looking at adjustables. It's really not even a topic they want to hear about.
1: Yeah, you're right. (laughs) So we're going to
2: move on. What's the advantage to a fixed rate? (laughs) Your rate stays fixed. So once you lock it in, you're either on a 30 year or 15 year or even a 10 year, depends on what you locked in for. Mm -hmm. And even if, if your loan sells, which is a common factor here, People tell me all the time that Bank of America sold my loan or I shouldn't say that particular bank, but just in general, banks sell loans. So even if your loan sells, your rate stays the same and your your rate with your payment on the loan stays the same.
1: And you know, as rent control and rising rents are a big issue out there today, I still want to say this. The best form of rent control is a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. Mm-hmm. You know what your housing cost is going to be in the year 2035 I mean the only adjustment that gets made is after the 30th year it yeah. goes to zero nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh. all right um what are rates like right now just you know you don't have to quote exact rates but yeah,
2: yeah it depends on your credit score of course but anywhere from the mid threes to the low fours. so it's, it's been very nice ride on the rates mm-hmm. they started dropping about April they've cut a couple of dings up but most for the most part they've been going down
1: yeah well, when you're that low, I don't think there's a ding going up because it's how low can you go? Well, we used to, you say
2: that, but when I got a customer there's kind of splitting hairs between whether he's going to get a 3.8 or a 3.7 and it goes to a 3.9, "Oh my god, to him is it's uh it's, yeah. it's a going up. What happened to that 3.7 from yesterday?"
1: I yeah. used to be that way with ga-
2: gasoline. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, as you're driving through you need gas and it there it is at 3 3- uh, three dollars and 79 cents a gallon and yeah. you fill up and next thing you know you see one down the street three dollars and 69 cents well, it drives you nuts
2: funny you should mention that i had an instance i had to fill up on gas but i was 359 and i know i'd seen it at 315 so i was on a wait till i was close to 315 and a mile before i got here i ran out of gas this morning <laughs> <laughs> it's right now this, this morning uh, yes this morning
1: Okay, that's so. why I called you. I'm starting to worry about it. <laughs> All right. Um, I can't laugh. I've done that many times. <laughs> All right. So, um, but, but that brings out a point, too, about being local. Um, so, one time, my wife and I were driving to the coast, yeah. and uh, she said, why are you pulling over in Los Banos to get gas? You still have a half a tank left. I said, because I want my local dollars to go, you know, here in the valley. I don't want it to go to Monterey County. So, uh, the, the uh. gas tax. So, um, that's that's why I did that. So, and that pertains to lending. Because in the next segment, we're going to talk about uh, local lending versus online lending. All uh. right. All right, but with that, we are going to our next commercial break. But also, I'm uh, gonna—I promised a few people this that I would talk about my baseball road trip that I took. That's why I wasn't here last week. Gerard Lozano had to fill in for me. I'll give you a quick one or two minutes on that one. All right, Uh, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're here in the studio today with Tranky Toscano and Caleb Parminer of Big Valley Mortgage. Now, I understand, Caleb um, played college baseball. Yes. T- tell us about that.
0: Oh, I I played baseball. Um, and I went to Danuba High School. Played um, some college baseball at the uh, College of Sequoias in Visalia, and then ended up playing um, at a Division Two ncaa school in denver called metropolitan state college of denver interesting yeah
1: and were you the cleanup hitter because you got the size for it (laughs) um
0: maybe at certain points um a lot of times i was actually kind of fast and so i i played you know one or two in the lineup sometimes sometimes ninth (laughs) Uh,
1: all right what position
0: uh i pitched and i played in the outfield all
2: right
1: excellent and tranky what was little league like that literally, league was fun all the way
2: until 13 years of age, where they said, "No more for you." <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, I know Tranky, so I can get away. I can get away with that one.
2: I've never been confused for an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: um, I took a baseball road trip. It was 11 days, 1,700 miles, and the idea was to get in as many Major League games as I could. And I'm I knocked off my 21st and 22nd major league ballpark. Mm. So I just have a few more to go. Um, went to, saw the Yankees and Dodgers in LA. Then I went to San Diego and saw the Padres and Dodgers in three straight games. Nice. Petco Park is pretty nice. Nice. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a nice experience. Then I drove through the desert. I had a hard time leaving San Diego. The weather was so nice. Right. And, uh, drove through the desert, next thing you know it's 113 degrees out there, thankfully Chase Field in Phoenix is air conditioned they they put the top up and, uh, oh wow, yeah totally air conditioned then I got to see the Angels and the Red Sox in Anaheim and a minor league game and a little league game, mm. or little league practice, but I came to the realization at, with those 11, my 11 year old nephews God they're getting better than me now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just now,
1: huh? <laughs> yeah. No, I used to be good. I played high school. I didn't play college, but um, played high school and a lot of fast-pitch softball for 30-something years afterwards. Mm. But practice makes perfect. Those 11-year-old nephews, they practice every day. Nice. They're out in their backyard playing catch, and uh, and I'm not doing that anymore. So mm. better get to it. Right. All right, that was um, w- w- uh, I told some people out there they said you gotta tell the listeners about your, hey, your you trip. you look excited
2: about that trip. sounds like it was a good trip.
1: I was boy, I yeah. came back <laughs> relaxed because the only appointment I had every day was at seven zero five at night when the, <laughs> when the game started, so I got to sleep in and that oh, was great oh, nice okay i there there's seems to be a change in um, the market where People are being coerced, attracted maybe is a better word, to going with an online lender. And and the way that happens is uh, a home buyer, potential home buyer, goes online looking at a home on a free uh, app for uh, home buying. But there in the right hand corner, flashing red 2.5, 2.5, 2.5 it's it's a click magnet you got to go there you got to check it out why 2.5 but then the local lenders say well this is what your rate is and it's probably a little bit higher why is that the case
2: well when you look at at 2.5 there's always a lot of disclaimers and they're usually in the fine print and that's where they normally get you because it could be something where they've lock your rating for 15 days as opposed to maybe a 30-day when you need a 30-day lock because you get a 30-day escrow. It could be that they're looking at a, 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 the highest credit score, like a 780 credit score, and that's look, for some folks that's not really available. So it could be a variety of reasons. They might even be up, uh, charging fees to get that rate. Um, mm-hmm. So until you start finding out the, the nitty-gritty of what it is that they're offering and why they're offering that rate, you really don't know. Uh, I find that a lot, of, a lot of times once we start comparing the numbers, we can match that rate. We start looking at the rate, I'm like, well, they got a 15-day lock. That's what what's going on here. Or mm-hmm. They're charging you an extra point, an uh, extra one percent fee, uh, uh, 1% fee up front. So that's what's going on. So really, we have to kind of dive down into it and find out what it is that they're offering. And so what that means by the 15-day lock
1: is uh, when they're just flashing. And by the way, I just picked that 2.5. It's no, it was probably 2.9. <laughs> but. Um, uh, when they're flashing that, there's no details involved, and it doesn't necessarily fit your uh, projected needs. Mm. So, for example, if you're buying a home, it's occupied by an older couple, uh, and they're gonna you're gonna do a 45 day escrow to give them time to move. Uh, well, th- that 15 day lock isn't gonna work. That means you get, you're locked in for 15 days at 2.5 if you did it that day Mm -hmm. and usually you don't do it that day because your offer doesn't normally get accepted the same day Um, by the time you do lock it it might be they might say rates went up there was a hit here a bump there and now you're at at 3% Um, and then um, if it's only for 15 days in the first 15 days goes by and you're still in a 45 day escrow you got to float or pay a penalty. Yeah. I, lock no, extension. I
2: extension. Yeah, you got to pay a fee. Yeah,
1: there you go. Yeah. You pay yeah. a fee for a lock extension. Yeah. So, by dealing with somebody local who says, well, like you, if you said, hey, I know Don Scordino, let me call him up and make sure this fits right. uh, as far as the timing of, of the whole thing, right. that's a good thing. So, um, you take a lot more risk when you deal with somebody you can't see and know yeah, there's,
2: um, yeah, there's definitely some other aspects of why local is is a better advantage I know that d- with Caleb working with uh, his customers especially the phones that, that tend to maybe shop a little more online mm-hmm. he's able to talk about the fact that they can come in if they have questions if they want to see him face to face they can just drive up to his office yeah
0: yeah, yeah the, and that's the, that's the comfort I, I feel like you know, there, there's a trust level when you're buying, you know, a $200,000 house or something that you have to build. And, and that's kind of hard to do with an online lender. And, you know, one of the good things that's happened over the last you know, few years in, in 2015 with the, the loan estimate and the closing disclosure, TILA respa is what we call it in our side, but that, um, that truly lays out what all the fees are. And so being able to sit down with, with a client that may have gotten a quote from a online lender, and then basically being able to produce the same document you know, from our side and comparing those two, um, you can see you know, if there are additional costs or additional penalties or how long the loan is locked or if it's locked. Um, that's the other thing that, that we're missing on the lock thing is just like if you're not locked, you don't have that rate. So tomorrow it could change.
1: Explain more about lock and, and what's the, the opposite of a lock is a float. float so what, yeah. what, what, what's the advantage to a buyer or borrower in that case?
0: Well, when the rates have been like they have been, um, we've been a little bit more likely to float. Um, you know, on a refinance, it's going to take 30 days, sometimes 45 days to close. So if you know you're going to get a refinance and you're, you're comfortable with the payment, you might just want to lock it for 45 days. But we all, we also have customers who are like, you know, I want the lowest rate possible. And, you know, with where rates have been going, we've been on this kind of nice little you know, rates have been going lower. And so with those customers, we might just want to be in position to, if the market does start to change and go the opposite direction, that they're in the system and they, they have the ability to lock. But, um, I would say that that's the biggest, the biggest thing, you know, with a lock is just getting yourself in a position if the the market starts to switch, but also being able to float, you have the, you know, the ability to, um, to just kind of hang out and hopefully watch the rates continue to get better or the pricing get better
1: now one thing i learned personally about floating because i remember a few years back buying a home and uh, we were watching the rate we decided being we're both in the business that, let's float let's, let's not lock it in well every day it's like well did you <laughs> check did you check to what you know it went up today no okay it went down today you know it it was a wild ride Finally, it's like, okay, let's just lock it. Once we locked it, I don't think I looked at interest rates again.
2: <laughs> no. Just I, I was happy where I was at and just wanted to go forward. Sometimes that's the best idea is just to lock it in, especially if you've got a home, somebody, a home buyer. A buyer, um, you've got a contract that you're definitely doing, and you got a 30-day escrow, and if you, once you get within that 30 days, you can lock it in for 30 days knowing that you're going to close within that period and then it takes the anxiety of where the rates are going out of the out of the picture. Yeah. Um, so it really that, depends That's on a the, good point. Yeah. If you have a contract, you got to buy that
1: house even if the interest rates go to 10%. You, yeah. well, and they're not going to go
2: over 10%, but even if they go up, <laughs> right. you know, you're going to you, you want to just you know, you're going to have to lock it in eventually. So yeah. sometimes you just, you know, this is a good rate, you can afford the payment, let's lock it in.
1: Okay, now we hear a lot about the Federal Reserve is gonna lower the prime rate or, or, or their rates a quarter percent or something. How does that affect mortgage rates or does it?
0: Yeah, so the mortgage rates are based off of the mortgage-backed securities, so it's a little bit different. Um, in my time in, in the lending business, like it's not every time that the, you know, federal, the federal Reserve says, hey, we're gonna mm-hmm. lower interest rates, that, that uh, our rates go lower. Um, you know, the last couple times it has been the case where we've actually seen, you know, it kind of mirror, but, um, not every single time that they lower rates. Does that make, you know, you know, if you have a 4% mortgage rate and they say that they're going to drop the rates a quarter percent, it doesn't mean that your mortgage rate tomorrow is going to be 3.75. You know, maybe it's a little bit better, but it's not going to go all the way down the quarter percent. And for us. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and and that makes sense because if you and, – and it's not always immediate either. Maybe the rates do follow and go down, but it could take a month. It could take a day. So you almost got to be a, a, a stock market analyst or the Kentucky gambler. Right.
2: Uh, and th- there's a, a number <laughs> of sites and uh, and experts that we, that we subscribe to and Caleb subscribes to so that we can get information ahead of time, because it's hard to really figure it out and, and do a proper job of analyzing it. So we kind of, uh, though Caleb's got a lot better at it. Uh, it.
0: Yeah. It's just, um, you know, it's definitely a science that, you know, I'm, I don't have a degree in. Um, I continually watching just, you know, the 10 year treasury, that's a major factor in, in mortgage rates. And, um, so we're just kind of watching those numbers, seeing which way they're going. And, you know, hopefully there's not any big economic news that's that's changing the biggest fear in locking rates is you know some major events or you know trade wars or whatever we have going on currently those things and and the tone of which direction that might be going really do make a a big difference in which way the rates are going
1: all right so if you could um before we go to our next commercial break each of you give me your your Best 30-second advice on locking versus floating?
2: Uh, my personal thought is if you're comfortable with the payment, let's lock you now. Let's lock mm-hmm. now because uh, if it goes up, you're going to be upset. If it if, if it goes down, you might not even notice it if, if you've already locked it. So mm-hmm. if you're comfortable yeah, with okay. the payment and w- you're within your window of your escrow closing date, let's lock it.
0: Okay. Thank you, Caleb. Yeah. I think locking, you know, helps you sleep better at night. It, it makes you feel you know, more comfortable, but if you're on a refinance and you know, you have a pretty big loan amount, um, the market's going the, the right direction. You know, you're going to know what that rate is you know, going to be now and you know, where you want it to go, whether it goes that way or not is, is a different story. And luckily we don't have major jumps typically on a, you know, of the year. Maybe there's two days in the whole you know, 365 days of work that uh, something major happens. A lot of times we have a chance to catch it going one way or the other. Mm -hmm. All
1: right, great. With that, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us, enjoying the bumper music of September, is Tranky Tiscareno and Caleb Parmenter of Big Valley Mortgage. Well, you know, we play that music all year long but it's finally appropriate. <laughs> here we are in September. So, all right. there. Um, Tranky and Caleb are a couple of loan officers, and I want you to speak to first time home buyers out there or maybe you're the parent of some kid that you wanna get out of your basement and you (laughs) want them to become a first time home buyer or you just want your relative to enjoy the benefits of home ownership. So what are some of the things that entice a first time home buyer? We always hear the people always ask, hey, are there any programs for first-time home buyers? So I turn it over to you on that.
2: Yeah, so, uh, yes, there are, there are programs. There's a number of programs. Um, it, some of them are based on the city you live in or the county you live in, but there's programs that, uh, for example, we use a lot of programs called CalHafa. Cal you know, it gives you some assistance for your down payment, some assistance for your closing costs. Uh, they all comes with strings attached and additional requirements. Uh, normally what I uh, I tell customers that want to buy a home is that we're gonna look at their credits we're gonna look at their income and then we'll figure out how much they can afford and talk about those down payment assistance programs Mm -hmm. typically a credit score of 640 is required okay so and and for
1: Cal HAFA um, probably not available in Nevada not no, not Nevada. okay California program (laughs) all right I figured that one out on my own yeah all right, so th- I hear that one a lot yeah. as a realtor. So, um, what are the what are the characteristics of CalHafa?
0: So, one of the biggest um, things with with Cal-Hafa, they have a first that's either you know with a conventional loan or with an FHA loan. Um, the The program is called ZIP, so zero interest program. So they're either at two or three percent, and either two or three percent of that money is you know, basically given to you up front at zero interest. So they are a silent second. You do owe that money back in the future, but you owe the money back in the future on the zip program, the exact same amount of money. There's no interest being built onto that.
1: Okay. So they'll give you two to 3% for, for your down payment. It's
2: two to 3% of your loan amount of of your borrowing. Okay. All right. Two to 3% of your loan amount you're borrowing with no interest. And they don't expect it back until thirty years from the time you take it.
1: Okay. And you used an interesting sound bite there, a silent second. Tell us I mean <laughs> so for us novices, yes. what's well, a silent second? So
0: your 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 mortgage ends up in the first position on the title and if there is a second loan or a silent second of what we're talking about here, um, that's in the second position. But in this case it's a loan that is silent because it's not taking on a payment. It's just setting back there okay
1: so there's no payment monthly payment payment. correct but it's still there which means you eventually have to pay it off when you sell the home yes or or refinance refinance.
0: a refinance there maybe is an opportunity to get that back in the second position or resubordinated but typically you do have to pay it off when you sell or refinance that house
1: okay so if they gave you five thousand dollars and you sell that house ten years later, five thousand dollars. Five thousand, no interest, um, and that's, that's where it. the zip comes in. That's
0: <laughs> the zip zero interest program.
1: Well, shoot, that sounds pretty good. Not bad. But all right. But let's say I let's say I was the buyer and I had five thousand dollars myself. Should I take advantage of that, or is there strings attached that I may not want to deal with?
2: Well, the, go ahead. Well, with the Cal house, it does have extra requirements. So, and not only that, it can take a little longer because it has another a second loan that has to be looked at by the Calhfa department. Mm-hmm. So, if you have the money to to bring in your own down payment, you're it's a quicker, more efficient loan to use, typically to bring, to do it on your own, whether it be uh, a gift from your dad, money you saved, or other sources you're coming about your own money. That's not to say to. To steer people away from the from the down payment assistance, because for, for, for some people they don't have that money, they're going to tap every every dollar to come up with their money. So maybe for them it is it is better to get a down payment assist, assistance program so that they have some money left over, maybe for carpets, for curtains. Once they get that house,
1: and oh, there you go, yeah, for improvements once you get in, yeah. taking popcorn off the ceilings. <laughs> that that's one of my pet peeves. It's like, what's wrong with the popcorn there? <laughs> But so many people walk in and say, "Oh my gosh, this has got to be the first thing to go.
0: Right. I'll add one more thing to that um, home buyer or down payment assistance program. There is also a requirement of some home buying education. And uh, we've actually found that it's 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 pretty good. It's um, about an eight hour class that you have to take, and it's one hundred and twenty five dollars that the the buyer has to come up with to finish this course. But at the same time, it does talk um, very in depth on all the different aspects of of being a home buyer you know, all the different parts about interest and principal and taxes and insurance and stuff like that. So I've found for my, my clients that do end up doing down payment assistance, it's a really good, um, an, an extra thing that they get when they do that.
1: Well, and then on top of the down payment, there's also closing costs to be paid. Um, and let's say the seller, let's say it's a competitive bid on, on a home, there's multiple offers so that you, you don't wanna make an offer to have the seller pay your closing costs, what are your options? Are are there silent thirds?
0: Yes, actually, there is a silent third, (laughs) and- uh, I was only (laughs) making that up. Yeah, there is a silent third. Actually, CalHFA also has a program called My Home, but this is where the interest kicks in. So they do have a My Home program that can be added to help you cover some closing costs. And um, that's at a three and a half percent of the sales price. So you can get an additional three and a half percent. So now we're looking at maybe a six and a half percent total, um, but you can get that, but the interest on that and the last to check was around 3%. So it's lower than, you know, traditional interest rate, but in a few years, you're gonna owe a little bit more money on that program.
2: Okay. So um, I haven't heard about a fourth, by the way. No so, no, no silent fourth. I haven't heard of how a silent fourth. <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: um so what about why should a first-time home buyer get
2: out there i mean obviously there's a lot of assistance yeah. but um be- you know for 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 a first-time buyer the big one is like you were talking about earlier as uh, you know it's it's a way of you make giving yourself rent control because now you're a homeowner, you buy your home, you got you locked in your payment. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got my own brother; he was paying rent for like seven fifty, and he was always uh, nervous about buying a home. He bought his house; his payment was a thousand one hundred. He's been paying it for like ten years, and now the rents in that area are going for like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars. So he's he's got his his locked in at eleven hundred dollars. Yeah, a- and um, that's
1: important because as you grow and raise a family knowing what your housing cost is going to be is a great way to do it, it, it and um, uh, allows you to spend that little extra money a f- few years down on soccer uniforms soccer cleats baseball equipment you know it it, it it helps the family out gives stability and the way to get stability is to buy something not to rent and in hope that the landlord never raises their rent uh, and I know you know our state legislators looking at that but um, they're still going to have uh, the ability to raise rents and here in the valley it can be really onerous here in the valley because they're, they're saying you can't raise rents more than 7.5% Well our rents are so low here that 7.5% is only maybe 70 bucks a month um, so it my my point is buy something if
2: you want to stabilize your your housing cost. The other thing that I'm I, I'm always surprised because we've been doing this for such a long time. I'm always surprised when a homeowner or a, a potential homeowner, um, a first time buyer, calls me up and he says, "Well, I don't have the 20 percent down, so I want to buy a home, but I don't. I've, how much more do I need to weigh And I'm, I'm always shocked that they still believe that they need 20 percent down to buy that home. Um, majority of the programs are much, much less than that for the down payment. Or I'm always surprised when they, when they said, well, I, had a, I lost a house 10 years ago, so I'm trying to figure out before it, when, it, when will it drop off my credit so I can qualify. Right? So there's lots of programs that can help them. So if I was going to give some advice, if you're interested in buying a home, talk to your lender, get an idea of getting qualified, get, find out uh, what really the facts are for you and, and maybe eliminate some of those uh, mysteries. Mm -hmm.
1: And here's another advantage speaking to a local lender who can sit across a table from you and pick up on the little, maybe the nonverbal cues. Um, And I've seen this many times where a couple's in there getting pre-qualified and they don't right now, but there was some nonverbal cue you could pick up on that. Well, something's about to change. And yeah, that car payment's going to be paid off in 12 more months so maybe the loan officer could then give the advice that in fact what advice would you give if you know somebody has 12 payments left on there and
2: uh, do you have to count that 12 payments yes under 10 payments no and then there's some other rules with that but yeah so in two more there's my point yeah a few more months you might be able to exclude that car payment from the from the calculations yeah and then it really comes down to that borrower's comfort level. What are they comfortable paying on that house payment? Because mm-hmm. sometimes we might be able to qualify somebody for a lot more than they are comfortable paying.
1: Okay, so your advice to first-time home buyers:
2: go do it, right? I say get qualified. Talk to your lender. Find out what you qualify for, yeah. oh, or what you don't, and what you what you need to do for the future.
0: Yeah, it's oh. it's sorry, it's not bad to to get qualified. I mean, if you know that you're going to be, you know. Your job's going to increase January 1st of this upcoming year. You're going to get a raise of $5. It's not a bad idea to go now and, and sit down and talk with your local lender or one of us and um, and just kind of put a plan together. That's what we do. We, we also, it's not just you have to buy a house and, you know, today it's, you know, down the road. And we, you know, can give you some advice on, you know, how to maybe get your credit score up a little bit or something like that to get a lower rate or, you know, to put you in position to get down payment assistance. When we
1: get back from our next commercial break, I want to ask you that one about how do you get your credit score up? Let's (laughs) say you're just under that threshold. What can you do to get it up? But we are going to our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back. to Welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and I'm here in the studio with Caleb Parmenter and uh, Frankie Tuscareno of Big Valley Mortgage. And uh, Big Valley, that means you guys are pulling for the Bulldogs tonight, right? Absolutely. You guys going to be there at the game? Minnesota, I'm headed over there. Friends State versus Gophers. Kate, you're wearing a purple shirt, which worried me that maybe you were um, that you, you were a Minnesota fan.
2: No, no, no. It's got the Big Valley logo on it. Okay. At least
1: Caleb knew to show up in red with a Bulldog logo. That's right.
0: And, I, and I'm not the alumni. Ooh.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we were sure an exciting team last week against USC. Oh, that was a good game. Yeah. Yeah. But once again, we get right down with that chance to win it. Eight points down, just like in 2005 with Reggie Bush. Yeah. uh, Against Reggie Bush. I'm saying that. We weren't even against USC. We were against him. And we were eight points down, that chance to win it in the last minute or two.
2: Last pass into the end zone. Oh, heartbreaking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get back to real estate. So... um, I was gonna ask that question. So because there's certain thresholds with a FICO score, so your credit score, let's say, needs to be six forty. I think that's a threshold for us for something. So let's say you're at six thirty seven, you're three points short. What what can you do and how quickly can you do it to get that up to six forty so you could take advantage of a lower
2: interest rate or or a certain program yeah so normally we uh, there's a variety of things we, we, we uh, take a look at that credit to find out what it is that's causing you that the, losing some of those points uh, some of the quick ones are your balances of your credit cards compared to your limits that's one of the easier ones uh, because if a customers over the limit that that knocks you a lot of points so if you've got a, a, a limit on your credit card for a thousand dollars and you happen to a thousand fifty that's that's kicking you in the teeth on the credit score, mm. um, so we want to get that that balance down. Uh, and even if you're just uh, maybe oh too much, like maybe you're not over the limit, but you owe nine hundred dollars on a thousand dollar limit credit card. That's still knocking you down some points
1: because you're close to being maxed out. You're
2: right? close to being maxed out. You you look like you might be somebody that's uh, at the limit of their uh, capability of using that credit card, or maybe your whole profile. So you look like you're uh, maybe a higher risk than somebody else. What is the, where do they consider it to be safe? Uh, you know, you get a variety of uh, th- thoughts on that. I would know, usually tell customers to be under 50% of the limits. So if you've got a $1,000 limit, ideally, I'd like to see you under $500 balances.
1: So let's say you're at 900 with that $1,000 max, but you pay, you, so maybe a, a technique to use is pay off that, pay down that uh, credit card. To under 500
2: Or you could also see if you, they'll increase your credit limit to $2,000, say. So if if you've got great credit and they increase your credit limit to $2,000, now you owe $900 on a $2,000 credit limit.
1: See, you just backed up my initial thought. I've always thought that FICO scores are illogical. You just proved my point. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can get them to extend more credit,
2: it makes your credit better. It, look, it looks like you have a lot more opportunity to charge more. You have, a, in case of a tight situation, you have more room.
0: Yeah, and, and basically the it's all off of numbers. So it's all, you know, you know this number over here versus this number over here when it comes to your credit score. And we always say that thirty percent of the of your your credit score has to do with your revolving debt or your credit cards. And so I always tell customers that whenever i'm looking at the credit models through the credit agencies trying or you know the credit report agency to see what i can do to better the score it really factors great if you have 30 percent balances on your credit card you'll start to see a jump in your score so your 637 you know scenario that you were talking about there they might go all the way to 650 and um and a lot of times you might not have to pull credit again right away you know if it's going to be something long term but um our credit agency that we use to pull credit, if you showed them that the balance is now less than thirty percent, we can get that to actually happen right away. So that score that you just pulled that might be a six thirty seven might now be a six fifty and you can show that tomorrow. So,
2: so 30 percent, okay you've been finding some success at 30%. thirty percent.
0: Thirty thirty percent a lot of the times is where I'll see a big jump in the in the, in the credit score. It's mm-hmm, a sweet nice. spot.
2: Nice.
1: So if you're in in a thirty day escrow and you're faced with that dilemma you're a 637. Is it likely that inside of that 30-day escrow period that you can raise your credit score?
0: Yeah. So this is another thing that comes up sometimes is where somebody's already, we pull credit and they've already made some payments. You know, my payment, I already paid a thousand dollars down on my credit card. I don't owe that anymore. Sometimes we we can pull credit you know, after that card payment is due and it might now be reporting to the, the credit agencies, might be able to re-pull that score and, and show a higher score. So some of the, some of the actions may have already taken place. It just might not be showing on the credit report the day that we pulled it, but it might be showing up later on that month. So maybe that's a target to pull the credit a little bit later in the month before we lock so they get a better rate. So here's an
1: advantage to dealing locally you can sit with your loan officer and have that conversation and the loan officer can say oh well let's do this this and this when you're online a little harder to have that conversation
0: yeah i believe so that's why i feel like every single time i get a customer i'm inviting them to come to the office just because you know the nonverbal cues and stuff that you can see you can tell if somebody's confused or if somebody just doesn't Quite understand what you're trying to tell them. I actually have a whiteboard in my office and get to feel like I play teacher. Um, it wasn't a past profession or anything like that, but people learn really well from being able to see something. And so sitting right there in front of, in front of you, getting to ask those questions as well as maybe being able to show them some examples on the board. Um, it really helps, you know, drive the, the information home. Mm
1: -hmm. Excellent. So, um, So it is possible to do it inside of a 30-day escrow. Yeah. Okay.
2: Not not the ideal situation. Not ideal. You're hoping by the time you're going to contract, you've already got your credit score dialed into Mm -hmm. what you want to have. But it does happen. It does happen that maybe something's changed or you do want to improve your credit score.
1: So how about inquiries? I know that can impact your credit score. So you go to um, Target and they offer you a discount if you open a credit card. So they run your credit score and boom, it, it drops because of that. Um, what, what can you do to correct that?
0: Don't get inquiries. Uh, <laughs> most of it's just, um, you know, if there's a bunch of inquiries, uh, yeah, it can affect your score. Um, usually when you're shopping for a mortgage, you, know, you have, you know, within 30 days, it's not gonna be a problem if you have multiple pools. But um, at uh, the same time, you want to make sure that you, um, you aren't pulling for months and months and months.
1: Okay. So the best way to avoid a problem is before the problem happens. Absolutely. Uh, for oh. sure. Um, All right. So I'd like to, because we have about a minute left, what's your best real estate advice? Each of you got 20 seconds, 22 seconds.
0: Um, I'm just going to say, talk to your local lender. And if you're going to put together, you know, if it's something that you're looking at down the road, go see them now.
2: Okay. Yeah. Same thought. If you if you're thinking about buying, talk to a lender. Get an idea of where you're at, and and being a local lender helps when you're making offers. Oh, that I can say as a realtor, I love it when I
1: when I get um, multiple offers on one of my listings, and you can see that hey, here's a local lender that I know. I know they can perform, uh, and and that's opposed to somebody that's out of Timbuktu. So, in fact, Tranky, you're on one of my uh, deals right now. We are. Uh, yeah. We got an approval. It's great looking approval. We pro- do have an approval. Have all approval. right. And you <laughs> heard it first on Welcome Home Radio. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> um, I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio this week. And we'll be back next week with Ken Newfeld, And we're going to talk about the four different decades of real
2: estate. Oh, nice, Nice. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Thank you, Don.